This is Billy Corbin, co-founder of Rack and Tour, director of Cocaine Cowboys, The U, and Magic City Hustle, and you're listening to Lemon City Live. Lemon City Live is brought to you by Magic City Casino Highlight. The fastest game in the world has come to Magic City. We showcase the best features of the sport, combined with the state-of-the-art court, and the talents of our very own, homegrown athletes, like myself, for a highlight experience like never before. Live Highlight returns to Magic City Casino in July 2019. Plus, stay tuned for Preview Weekend, April 6th and 7th. But guys, remember to live the highlight. What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. Oh, no! I'm Darius. I'm in the building. Stop being a bitch. Stop being a bitch. Oh. <laughs> all right. I'm in the building. TD's in the house. All right, all right, all right, all right. God damn it. He got to say it's like it's like a twitch. Like oh, he got to. Yeah. Take away my catchphrase. Not really that's a catchphrase. not your catchphrase. It is, bro. That, that's not, nah, bro. That's Matthew <laughs> It's mine, man. It's mine. It's mine. Stop it. I own it. Anyway, this is the Lemon City Live podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get sued. We're <laughs> so not going to get sued. It's Oscars week. Well, that passed. It was Oscars week. It was. Yeah. Um, but this is episode 147. Did we win? Uh, we did well, win today. We was right. nominated. We, uh, what's, what's up? Yeah, we won. We won big. On today's show, very <laughs> cool, uh, the one, the only Billy Corbin. Billy C. Billy C. right there, Bill. Billy Corbin talks to us, joins us, and we discuss a variety of things, including favorite strip clubs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most uh, important thing to talk about, too. Yeah. So. yeah. But also, too, uh, we, talked, we talked Magic City Hustle, baby, so stay oh, tuned. We're going oh, yeah. to get to that uh, shortly, but it is episode 147, and uh, it was Oscars week, big movies, all this stuff going on. Did your favorite win? Bro, I hadn't seen a... Okay, did you see any of the movies nominated for Best Picture? What movies were nominated for Best, Best Picture? Picture? You guys don't even <laughs> know. Wasn't Black Panther nominated? Oh, yeah, I saw, no. Saw yeah, Black yeah, yeah, Black Panther was nominated. I, think I, didn't I saw even, Black Panther. I didn't even watch the Oscars, man. Uh, Me either. Watch I watched it. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad Spike Lee won. Yeah, it was unmemorable though. At some like, point, you gotta do the right thing. You know, am I right? <laughs> You're right. You're right. Malcolm X was his best movie. He got oh, cheated yeah. on that. He got one. shafted. Um, actually, I I thought the show itself like just there was no uh, host, so then it was kind of like, eh, it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it, it felt like it lacked a little something. It had its moments. You know, Spike Lee winning. Um, that whole Star Is Born. These people pretty much having like you know, uh, what's it called? Um, what's this guy? Uh, Gaga and Bradley. Up oh, on stage. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah up on Bradley stage, Cooper. like staring at each other, looking like they're about to have sex on top of that piano, like right after they were done playing. Like everybody was like uncomfortable, but like really wanted it to happen. It was they really should, cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. They yeah. should have done it. Um, yo, he's dating. But a, she should have worn a meat dress. The meat dress, yeah. yeah. She's dating, or he's dating um, Ronaldo's ex girl. Really? Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah. So his ex girl is Bradley Cooper's girl now. Ah. Look at that. All right. But anyway. Hey. When you're in that circle, you can Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he, uh, so that happened. Uh, but overall, I thought the show had its moments, but it's not like, oh, I remember that show as being, like, spectacular. I guess, you know, I like the host. Although Trevor Noah, did you hear what he did? 
fuck, man, we don't fact check on this show, so I don't have the actual thing of what he said. <laughs> but he was introducing the nom- he, so he was introducing Black Panther as they were showing it as a nominee for Best Picture. Uh-huh. And he went on there and he said, when I was a young boy in Wakanda, I would look uh-huh. up to the sky and I see T'Challa flying his ships. And he was talking like if he was from Wakanda. But then mm-hmm. you know, he said something in some African language and nobody picked up on it until afterwards. But he said something like, all the white people will not understand this. This is stupid or something. Uh-huh. And then, <laughs> so that's what it actually translated for. He said it with a big smile. That was probably the funniest joke of the night. <laughs> that's um, awesome. It was so good. He executed it flawlessly. I love Trevor, Trevor Noah. Trevor the man, yeah, bro. The best. so good. But, um, but anyway, I apologize for the little static there. Um, but anyway, the show, uh, was, the show was all right. But, you know, it just really got me thinking of what's coming up next, baby. You got Avengers. You got Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel right. then got, Avengers. There's so many superhero movies. Yeah. And then there's all these reminiscing on our youth movies with, what is it, Dumbo, Lion King, Aladdin, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm forgetting one. Oh, Toy Story. Toy Story. Oh, yeah, Toy Story oh, 4. Boy, That's crazy. So many, See, so many. a lot of kids not going to understand Lion King. They, like, my son, if I say, hey, what Lion King is, he's going to think of uh, the Disney show. Yeah. Not the movie. I guess Aladdin so. is a classic. A lot of kids haven't. My son, I know my son haven't watched Aladdin. What? Just, just you ain't of, never have a friend it, like me. There's so many <laughs> cartoon outlets now. There is. So many. Is. So many. Like when we had, we didn't have Cartoon Network. We didn't have Disney Channel. Uh, so if a cartoon movie came out, we would see it. Uh, yeah, Baby we kids. We, we, <laughs> like, Baby's kids. Yo, I saw it the other Baby's day. Kids, like, yeah. We, we even. Uh, Beavis and Butthead movie, like it's just like uh, you have Netflix, <laughs> you have Hulu, you have Disney Channel. Kids you know ain't what? Gonna be not gonna appreciate Aladdin and Lion King like we did. Yeah, That's true. They'll watch it and forget about it immediately. Yeah, it's and not like you know it was an event. Every summer, a badass Disney movie was coming out. And when you like heard, Aladdin. and when you hear certain mm-hmm. songs or jingles, yeah. like the Aladdin songs, that you know exactly what movie that was. The Lion yeah. King. Oh, yeah, that has to win, yeah. Oh, close, yeah. I was close enough, though, but <laughs> you know exactly what movie that is. And yeah. if you do it now and you put a group of kids, they'd be like, well, probably it's a rap beat. Is it Little, <laughs> little Pump? But wait a minute, hold on. Going, back to, going back to a classic that you mentioned there, uh, I watched Beavis and Butthead do America the other day. Uh, oh, yeah. Still holds up, bro. It does. Yeah, it does. Still it's, holds up. <laughs> Beavis don't and, stop till you reach the Beavis back of his Butthead teeth. Beavis and Butthead was extremely <laughs> underrated, man. I love that the the guy from Unsolved Mysteries voice. Yeah, Robert Stack, bro. Yeah, bro. Think about Robert Stack. That, that guy, guy was scary, scary as fuck. You ever watch Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> yeah, TD? That's, that's yeah, that guy's voice was scary. Tonight on I wouldn't Unsolved watch, Mysteries. I wouldn't watch that show, and you go laugh at me when I say it, The 700 Club. Because the 700 <laughs> Club used to always talk about when the world was coming to an end, man. Wow. Like in 97, 96. Yeah. They always life, say t- but you 2000. Know but you know what? So did Busta Rhymes, and I listened to all that motherfucker's <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Extinction level event there, bro. Yeah. That's right. Um, only five years left. <laughs> but anyway, uh, there are some good movies coming up. But it was crazy. The big movie that's coming out. Comes out this Saturday, and that's the Magic City Hustle. 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 Hustle and hustle. So um, I think it's this is the perfect time to just bring it in, bro. Let's let's get let's get the guy who's responsible for Magic City Hustle, and let's let's get it straight from the director, the one, the only Billy Corbin. All right, Lemonheads, let's welcome onto the Lemon City Live guest line the director of Cocaine Cowboys, the U, the U Part Two, Broke, Dogfight, and soon to be released Magic City Hustle, Billy Corbin. How's it going, Billy? 
What's up? Lemonhead's like my fourth favorite kind of head, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you open. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Billy, before we get started, let's tell everybody where they can follow you on uh, your social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Billy sure Corbin. It is at Billy Corbin. That's C-O-R-B-E-N. I am not the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. Um, <laughs> although I get, a, I get a lot of... A lot of like a lot of love for Billy Corgan when people tweet at me and I get a, a little bit of, of, of hate from, from like wrestling fans. I don't get the whole thing. I don't know what that's all about. Apparently he had some, something to do with wrestling at some point, but like, you know, I like a lot of people tell me they love my music, especially <laughs> early stuff, but I got to leave Daisy alone. And, and I don't know shit about wrestling. I'm like, what the hell is happening on my Just Twitter feed right giving now? Giving it to you, man. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, but there's the Corbin, the wrestler, then there's Corgan, the musician. I mean, yeah. I like Smashing Pumpkins, but yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So at Billy Corbin, C-O-R-B-E-N. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, Billy, uh, your film debuts this weekend. Am I right? Yes, and it's almost finished. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Breaking news right there. <laughs> so so Magic City Hustle debuts next week, or actually Saturday, and the guys are excited to see this documentary. The owner, Scott, told us that uh, a couple of days ago that you guys are going to be extremely surprised on what the final cut looks like. Now, Billy, you came and started filming us, I believe, April of last year, correct? A little later. It was, it was June-ish. It was so June-ish? It was a later in the game. Okay. It was approximately, approximately four weeks before opening day, if I recall. And I can recall you mentioning that you wish you would have got us in January to see the how bad we were so you can be able to give the audience a more clearer view on how – we started and how we finished in October. So when you saw the final cut of the editing and, and the, the B roll and all that stuff, do you feel that you gave enough to the fans to show what magic city hustle was really all about? Well, first of all, I don't know if you missed it. I'm not done with it yet. So when you say final <laughs> cut, when you say final cut, that's a loose, that's a loose term. I'm, I'm thinking know? because um, it's Saturday. We're only a couple of days away. I'm thinking you got this thing cleaned up, strapped okay. in a bow tie and ready to okay. go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But when you say Saturday, that's misleading because it's Saturday at like 645 p.m. <laughs> so you so cut, it's not like Saturday morning or, you not, or it closer. Like I got, I got time is what I'm saying. Okay. okay? Now, listen, you have to remember, you know, as, as Tenard said, you know, we got started um, right before the beginning of the season, which began July 1st, and we followed them all the way through the end of the season, which means we we stopped shooting or, we, you know, the shoot principal photography ended just this past December. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, while I'm talking about we're not done yet, you have to think about how tight that schedule is. And as early as last Tuesday, mm. we were doing pickup shots. Mm. You know, we needed establishing shots, some exteriors this park, this building, this sign. So like it's, it was a pretty tight schedule. One of the tightest schedules yeah. we've ever had other than maybe the 30 for 30, the U part two, which was pretty tight. We, we, we did that all in about seven months almost, but wow. like this was hard. And, and, you know, to answer your question, like, um, uh, you know, don't get me wrong in June of 2018, Y'all sucked. Uh, <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Billy. <laughs> let me be perfectly straight about this. But but you didn't suck anywhere near 
the way I know you did in January. Of yeah, yeah. And and by the end, I mean, I don't want to give anything away. You know, there is a very clear progression, both in real life uh, and in the movie. I mean, there's there's no doubt that, you know, you have guys at the beginning uh, of these games who cannot serve the ball. Mm-hmm. Meaning like 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 they're 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 you know, I mean, the ball is dropping out of the cesta mm-hmm. on the serve, like just like, like you know, like <laughs> I'm trying to. I need to come up with a term for it that is not. Qu- it's premature <laughs> circulation or something like that. It's just like, you know, like you're expecting this thing to rock it out and it just goes, you know, like mm-hmm. down on the floor and like it's it's some funny shit. But yeah. like, and then by the end of the season, they're playing high lie. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, legit. And and again, maybe they're not gonna compete up against um you know the world's greatest players but the truth of the matter is is the vision of it to my understanding was that they would be be able to compete with each other because they uh you know they were all trained the same way at the same time and most importantly for the same amount of time and obviously some players were gonna gonna develop better than others and they and they do i won't spoil that mm-hmm. um although i'm sure Tenard has talked a lot about himself no and, but, <laughs> no 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 <laughs> But uh, no, but I mean, like, I think the vision was pretty consistent, meaning what the ownership was looking to accomplish just in terms of being able to develop players at the same time, I think is definitely it, it definitely went that way. Yeah, it was more to highlight. It was you, you gave a background of each individual player. So we don't want to give that away. But it's you 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 answered the question perfectly. And I'm glad you was able to give that to us. So, Billy, you well, mentioned. I, well, uh, I don't know what Scott means, why Scott thinks it's such a. <laughs> It's going to be such a surprise, but I mean, listen, as long as, as long as he's not pissed and he keeps giving me those walls, ice cream gift cards, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, slice them our way, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, I got, I I got paid in this documentary in walls, ice cream gift cards. Let's be perfectly clear about that. Fair trade, fair trade in my opinion. But, uh, (laughs) but Billy, you mentioned the U part two documentary is Tenard the only person to appear in two documentaries, because he's—he was. If you look hard enough, you could probably find them in that, right? <laughs> yeah, you gotta look. <laughs> I mean, if you had like a magnifying glass or yeah. a loop or something, you might be able to, to pick them up. <laughs> Actually, what's what's funny is I'll tell you this. So you know, you know, uh, Kenny Kelly, uh, legend. Um, you know, I, I, he was probably I, I would say Tunar. Correct me. I mean, he's probably like the biggest name, right, of the former Canes I agree. That, that was on yep. the squad. I yep. mean, Kenny Kelly is a legend and and you have to know that i didn't get to interview him for either of the you for 30 documentaries but i'm oh did i hear about him oh did i hear about <laughs> kenny kelly yes you did um because you know uh back in the day he was the man he was the big man on campus because he was the only guy with any money because he was a college you know uh, quarterback for the mm-hmm. miami hurricanes mm-hmm. and he had that mlb money you know mm-hmm. he got drafted and so in his apartment on campus, he had an industrial, like full-size commercial frozen drink machine. I mean, we're talking <laughs> wet willy shit. Oh, we're talking shit. like that Tuesday shit in his fucking apartment. Sounds and like so him. All the players would come around, and the man, the man was in, you know, daiquiris and frozen drinks, like out of this, you know, full-size commercial. Uh, machine. So he had the toys, you know, that 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 a player gets when they're on campus and and making that kind of uh, MLB money. So and, and in fact, uh, Izzy Havenick, one of the owners, uh, you know, the fat part of the family who owns 
um, uh, Magic City Casino, or as we used to call it, Flagler uh, dog track. <laughs> um, so uh, you have to. It's right in that. You know, it's like that Flagami, West Miami, little Havana. You go Flagler. Yes, so, you do. Um, <laughs> so uh, Izzy had a Kenny Kelly jersey. You know, yep. that he passed on to his son. And Izzy was all like fanboyish. He was yep. all like, he was all nervous to like talk to Kenny. Him. And, yep. and it was, it was, it was cute. It was really, it was really fun. I remember that. <laughs> now, uh, Billy, let me ask you. So before you shot this uh, or, or, you know, took on this Magic City hustle here, how much about Highlight did you actually know prior to shooting this movie? Well, you know, as an 87 year old Cuban man, I, I spent a lot of time. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at Miami Highlight. Actually, I actually used to, like, before they built the casino and everything there, um, I found it really charming and really relaxing. We would have, like, meetings there. We would invite people there and just chill. Like, I wasn't into the the sport, per se. Like, I didn't know what the hell was, was going on. Mm -hmm. I wasn't gambling. But I just found the environment just really kitschy. It was so it was so frozen in time, you know? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and Flagler ha you know, ha has a little bit of that charm. Uh, too, just that old school charm. It's just colorful, really interesting people, a real just slice of real Miami. So I've been to Miami Highlight um, and not really, like I said, for the sport, but more for the ambiance. I found it really cool um, yeah. and very, very authentic, you know, um, not to mention pink pussycats right around the corner. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, so now anyway. that you mention it, now that you mention it, what, <laughs> what is your favorite strip club in Miami? I got to know. Oh, you know. <laughs> That's a tough one. I gotta <laughs> say, it would have been KOD, but that's that's gone. RIP, RIP KOD. Yep. RIP, um, yeah, man. I gotta say, and then back in the day, Black Gold, you know. Oh um, yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. TD's eyes just got real. Black Gold, yeah. <laughs> big, that was a big Kane's haunt, by the yes, way. Yes, it that's was. Why, that's why Kennard knows all. Yes, that. it was. So it was owned, in fact, in part by a former uh, Kane's player who's on the '83 national championship team. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, Billy old, knows everything, bro. He knows um, everything. So uh, I know because we needed a picture of it for the youth part two, and I had to hit up Lenny, Lenny Moore, uh -huh. to get a picture of uh, of black gold because uh, who was it? Um, uh, one of the players, I think it was Najee Davenport, was like, oh, yeah, after they won that FSU game, like, we went to black gold that night. I was like, shit, I need a black gold pick. <laughs> um, but uh, I, you know what? I, 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 let's go old school because, I, I mean, Tootsie's, you know, it w used to be charming back when it was on Ives Dairy. Yes, absolutely. You know? um, now it's just like a theme park, <laughs> you know, kind of strip club. Like, you know, it used to be that building that it's in. In Miami Gardens, it used to be a BJ's wholesale. Mm -hmm. Like that's yep. that's a, now it's a BJ's retail. Hashtag no Robert Kraft. But um, that's right. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, no, I I I you know it's, I like old Tootsie's. That's thing. I like old strip clubs, like smaller strip clubs. You know, um, and Club Madonna, Club Mo, as we used to call it. Um, if they serve liquor, would be the best one, but they can't, you know, because the beach has those yeah. crazy old school laws. Come on, you know. Man. What That's the hell true. are we talking about? How do we get on this? <laughs> Gus asked you the question: of, yeah. What's your favorite I wanna, spot? I want to, I want to, I want to get off and, and also change the subject. Well, that's um, what you do at strip clubs. Strip clubs you... That's what I'm saying. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll bring it back to highlight here real quick. So. <laughs> Uh, now you mentioned the old school feel of the highlight. Did you ever go to the old uh, Flagler Dog Track flea market that used to happen there all the time? Because oh, yeah. I grew up oh, on that. 
Oh, hell yeah. In the parking lot. Yeah. 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 Yep. Like, that's the thing. It goes to show you, you know, when the popularity of, of, of Greyhound racing started to wane, you know, they, they've been looking for every gimmick for a long time, you know, you know, for, to try to, to try to get people, get people over there. there. And of course the, mm -hmm. those famous, those tents out in the parking lot, you know, on the, on the, the, the East side of the parking lot mm -hmm. were, uh, were big. You know, I remember those. And then the food truck round up some more recently. And, and, uh, of course the concerts. And I mean, that, that was, uh, there, it, it's a, listen, man, it's a hustle, you know, <laughs> you're trying to get whatever it takes, to get whatever it to... takes to get you there and to mm -hmm. separate you from your money. You know, mm -hmm. that's what it's, that's yeah. what it's all about. But you, you would ask me, there was a highlight question about how much I knew about highlight, not a whole hell of a lot. There was always a Sesta around my grandparents' house. Cause their youngest son used to play, amateur highlight at North Miami amateur highlight where, oh, okay. where you guys practiced yep. uh, tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and what I knew a lot about was sort of the mob element of it. And we had for years discussed the possibility of doing like a, you know, of the you, if you will, of highlight and, and kind of cover the rise and fall of the sport and particularly what, what became known as the highlight murders, which involved Whitey Bulger you know, mm -hmm. out of Boston. Yep. And so we had, that had always been like on our list of cool shady shit, you know, Miami stories to maybe someday get to, and we don't really get into the shady part of it, but we definitely get to do a little bit of a pod or two about the history of Highline and really how it died, you know, how the sport, um, you know, w w was once this high flying $1 million a day kind of operation. And then, and then literally just, just so disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, Billy, let me ask you, what's the uh, plan after this weekend's uh, release to this audience? I mean, how can people see it after this weekend if they can't make it to the showing? They can't is the short answer. Oh, really? Um, but yeah. Well, not yet. I mean, you know, it, listen, this is a world premiere. Okay. Um, and what's, what'll be interesting about this premiere, of course, is that, you know, because of, of how quickly we, we had to turn it around for this festival – um, you know, this is probably the last time it's ever going to look like this, you know, like it's running a little long, it's running about two hours. Um, and so I'll probably cut some stuff out after this and maybe reconfigure the story a little bit. So, so when you see it on Saturday, it's kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity because we're going to keep, you know, keep working on the movie and, and, and change it and probably shorten it a little bit. So it's, it's a really good opportunity to kind of get some insight into the process. Cause you can see where it's at on Saturday and then see where it's at hopefully when we're done and, and it's commercially released, but we're going to, you know, we, we haven't even had time to kind of pitch it or show it to anybody, obviously. Um, but like, so, but we're going to go out and start showing it to, you know, some of our friends in the industry and, and uh, see if we can't find a home for it because I'm listen, I, I it, it's taken a lot of work to get it to where it's at now. And, and I'm really proud of it. I, I mean, uh, my, uh, my wife said um, she was watching a rough cut with me, and she said, this is the most Miami movie you've ever done. I love it. And, that's awesome. and I think that's high praise for, you know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, Cocaine Cowboys was probably, yeah. to me, is one yeah. of your best documentaries. Oh, well, thank me, you. But, hey, wait a minute. Hold on. So when you're doing these cuts, Gus and I were there opening day, and I don't know if we came out in it, but please don't cut us out. You know, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. We were out there, and especially me, I went out to check out TD. I don't know how many times during the season, and I saw him win absolutely zero games. He was bad. It's been well documented. <laughs> the only time I saw him win a game was watching online through the live stream. That was the only time I saw him win. But I know he's legit because he won. But he never. I was his bad luck charm. So <laughs> I told him. Way. I told him like, don't show up no more, bro. <laughs> 
Like, I, your wife can come, Gus can come, but don't show up, Edwin. Yeah, I got Ben. You, you know, you, you know that, that Tenard was thanking his lucky stars and lighting a candle when he got paired up with Nate the Great for doubles because <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate carried his ass the whole way through. You, are you, are, were you there when they selected uh, the groups that day? Were you there? Let me tell you something. I, I don't want to – please stop right there. Okay. I don't want to – I'll okay. spoil anything. It's okay. one of the funniest scenes okay. in the movie. I'm, okay. So I don't want to yes. no, say leave it there. anything about it. I'm going to leave it there. It's hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. And in fact, if you look at the publicity still that we've been using, we just took a screen cap. We needed some random screen caps, you know, from the movie for like yeah. the, the festival and whatever. And so I like this shot so much. It's from that day. The one of you in the locker room. Um, I hope you guys are sitting <laughs> I hope you guys are sitting down. Tanar didn't have a shirt on. I know that's shocking, but Tanar yeah. didn't have a shirt on. He's I'm not wearing sorry. one right guys, now. He had like he had pants on, but of course, like the button was kind of open, revealing the boxer briefs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So Tanard, to me, like you could take a picture of Tanard anytime during his day, and it looks like a fucking underwear commercial. Okay. <laughs> so, Come on, but man. I'll, I'll, any frame of his life is like an underwear commercial. So anyway. And then, of course, next to him is this, I mean, this perfect specimen, specimen of a man, yeah. Nate the Great. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, the man, is, the man is literally built like an ice cream truck, okay? Like, <laughs> if he was a transformer, he would transform from Nate the Great into an ice cream truck. I mean, literally. So, so, oh, Nate, so, so it's, that, it's that picture, and it looks like... I don't know. It looks like some kind of before and after picture for a diet pill or something, right? Or, or, we should have picture like, that. More way. like speed, okay? Yeah, more like speed, but like, or or it looks like that picture of like, you know, when it, what is it? That's like the evolution of man. Yeah, yeah, picture, yeah. You know, when like <laughs> you see the caveman and going like Herbalife yes, ad, yeah, you know. <laughs> like the yeah, and then like Tenard is like the perfect specimen, right? So like anyway, so the two of them are saying that scene in the movie. It's friggin' hilarious. So for it's the it's it's the best shot in the movie. It's the funniest. And Tenard may or may not remember it. He probably doesn't even remember why it's so funny, but it's absolutely hilarious. And so anyway, so there's this picture. Tenard, shirtless, pants on, but not really. Um that's seventy five percent of his Instagram. Let's that, yeah. let's give the fans something to th to wait for. Don't don't tell them all the beans now, man. Yeah. I wanna No, no, but here we go. So so <laughs> and then there's there's Nate, you know, stretching in his, uh, you know, his quintuple <laughs> you call, XL, his quintuple XL jersey, you know, green jersey, oh, um, you know, and 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 then so I I use that still right, and I post it, um, you know, online. You'll come see our our Highline movie, whatever. Get tickets for the festival. I, I tweet it. No shit. There's a reply from the Bang Brothers official <laughs> official blue check verified twitter account and the reply is this looks like one of our movies <laughs> <laughs> which oh, which is one of the all-time great miami reply you know like replies on twitter oh, ever my goodness, no, legit, man. So. legit super miami <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's fucking great man but Let's go back a little bit to uh, some of your past work, man, because uh, I think a lot of people are very drawn. Oh, you mean for Bang Brothers? I was young. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, you had to, you had to uh, uh, raise capital. Raise yeah, capital for Rack Tour. Yeah. I was in shape back then, you know. That's right. Yeah, me and Evan about to go sell ass on this street. <laughs> so, um, what? Which one of which one? Which one of your movies, past movies, do you get the most feedback on? Well, I mean, it's it's got to be a. I think definitely Cocaine Cowboys, but it, but through the years, it's it's started to tie up a little bit with uh, the U. Um, and then we hear a lot about, believe it or not, broke, um, you know, our 30 for 30 about athletes going broke. And, and what I think is kind of interesting about Magic City Hustle and why I was uh, one of the reasons I should say why I was attracted to to the story and, and, and trying to tell it uh, is that it's for me, it's kind of like the you meets broke meets dogfight. And instead of but instead of backyard fighting, it's high lie, which is as super Miami because like the U for the obvious reasons, a lot of former, you know, Miami hurricanes, um, athletes, um, broke because it's a story about life after the game, Mm -hmm. you know, not just, not just guys going broke, but what do, what do, what do, you know, professional athletes do after, you know, they're done with a career that they have trained and conditioned their entire lives for, um, and dogfight because it's like, you know, it's kind of like a Miami hustle. You know, you know, and 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 living yeah. the American dream by any means necessary, and supporting your family uh, by taking advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. And it's called Magic City Hustle because you know when you look at Miami Dade County, um, the United Way uh, uh, report just came out a few weeks ago that said that sixty percent—that is six zero sixty percent—of Miami Dade County residents cannot make ends meet. Wow, okay? I believe it. So they're 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 living. Some of them are living in total. Total poverty, that's about 19%, and the rest are, are working poor, what they call the working poor, who are working their asses off, but because of cost of living in this, in this county, they cannot cover just the basic, the basic costs. I mean, we're talking about you know, uh, uh, groceries and, and rent and transportation to and from work and school, just, just the basic shit. And so, you know, Miami is is really, you know, they call it the gig economy these days in this country. But Miami, it's really the hustle economy. And Miami is the ultimate hustle town. And, and, and I mean, even Tenard, who has been gainfully employed, uh, you know, as a police officer, even he's got side hustles, you That's know, the, the modeling, the acting, the uh, sports broadcaster, podcasting, um, you know, Nate the Great driving ice cream trucks. <laughs> he's, he's literally the movie literally opens with Nate driving an ice cream truck. Spoiler That's alert. Right through the right through the pork and beans project. Wow. In, in Liberty City and uh, with his Uzi, of course, because you got to keep your you got to keep your Uzi and going through the city. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so. You know, so like, you know, and, and, and he's selling cars and, he, you know, back in the day he was selling his his rap albums and and, you know, uh, Brock Assured has got his, uh, you know, he's got the salon that he was running. He does the hip hop producing. He sells cars. Uh, he does uh, security work. Um, you know, everybody's got like two, three, four, five, six uh, side hustles, you know, and even more interesting is that what was everybody doing? in like November, December of 2017, that they were able to get an email that said, yo, want to be a professional highlight player? That people could go, hell yeah, and drop whatever they were doing and going and do and, and go and do that. You know, it's because it's such a hustle, you know, gig economy that like, it's just, it's a world in which, you know, th- there, there are people, especially in this town, who are like, hell yeah, health insurance? Yeah, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go play. <laughs> 
I'm going to go play high lie, you know? So it's just a really interesting story for, you know, for a lot of reasons, not to mention that, you know, like coach Leon, who is one of the, I mean, what is it? Sorry, like three African-American professional highlight players in the history of the game, you know? And, yep. and, and he, he also, um, this is not in the movie. So you're getting kind of a, um, we covered it, but we just didn't, didn't, hasn't made the cut yet. Um, you're getting a little bit of behind the scenes, a little bit of deleted scenes. So he is also like the head, the president, I guess, or whatever of the professional highlight players association. And I got to tell you, his membership was pissed about this scheme that magic city hustle had going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic City Casino had going. That was yep. a Freudian slip because you have to remember that even that it's the hustle for the casino too. Because you got to remember that the casino needs the players, you know, to to keep the lights on in the casino. You know, so um, you know th- this is a hustle for for everybody, everybody. You know, and that casino, yeah, they're making money over there, but it's a family business, and yep. and they're you know and they're working you know and they're working and supporting you know practically a whole zip code, uh, you know, worth worth of people in that. Uh, and that's right. And it's a hustle for all the customers who are coming in and chilling and trying to win, you know, trying to live the dream and, and hit a jackpot. Um, but, you know, I, I was just like Leon. Leon came in and was like, listen, my membership's pissed. I don't think this is such a good idea. Training guys who have never put a SESTA on before in their lives, never heard of the game. L.A. Bradley calls it Jalala when he gets the email, like doesn't even man doesn't even know how to pronounce the word. And all of a sudden he's going to boom, turn around and be a professional highlight player. This sounded, you know, it just sounded like a bad idea. And so to me, too, by the way, you know, and, and yeah, a lot, a lot of people didn't believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. And just like Coach Leon, I came in and I kind of surveyed the scene and I met the players and I watched them and I you know, and I talked to some of them and I, and I left and I was, I was convinced because just like coach Leon, he's like, you, you know, you met the guys and they're like, they're so earnest, you know, like they're not there to embarrass themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not there because they, you know, as Tenard says repeatedly, you know, um, you know, I'm not here to come. I'm, I'm not here to be second best, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and you, you can see the pride at which they approach this and you felt like, okay, even if they suck, um, they did for a while, uh, even if even if they suck, like it's so likable, it's so charming. You're so you're really rooting for Riff. them. It's really an underdog story, you know. It's really like like Slapshot or Major League or or Bad <laughs> News Bears or Cool Runnings, you know, oh, where you're cool. just like where it's like you're you know um, you're just watching and you're just like you know win or lose, like you really like these guys and you're really there for their journey and you really want to go along for this ride and learn more about them and, and see how it all turns out. So I, I was, I was charmed. I know coach Leon was charmed cause he stuck around, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so, and I think the audience will be too. I think the audience will be really, really charmed by these guys and really interested in, in, in their, in their journey. It's dope. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, now he's part of the Olympic podcast team here at TD. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. but uh, now Billy, I want to ask you, you, you mentioned broke and that's one of my favorites of, uh, of the ones that you've done and everything. And I've always wanted to ask you this, yeah. this, all the people that you talked to that were part of the movie. And is there one surprise, like one expense that just really stuck with you that really just like surprised you the most that one of these athletes did that may or may not have made the cut. Is there, which one stands out the most? You know, there's a lot of really disturbing, some some comical, but a lot of upsetting kind of anecdotes and stories and expenditures. Um, but you know, conspicuous consumption is just one 
of the you know the elements of this epidemic of professional athletes going broke um and it's you know it's a thing where like if any of us were in our late teens early 20s we would all come up with very exciting ways to blow millions of dollars oh, yeah. you know let's let's be <laughs> real sure. about it you know so so um the truth though is is that you know the one that really stick stuck with me and it's because i knew him you know i, I interviewed bernie kozar on um the u part one and Little did I know during that interview, um, because it was really within weeks or less, I think, um, or w- within a month or so of, of the interview, that it was front page news on the Herald. I think Levitard broke it that like Bernie had been going through a bankruptcy and he must have been it must have been like kind of playing out in real life, like when we interviewed him. But he never let on. He was just the sweetest guy and so nice and so generous with his time and like never really let on that anything was, you know, was a miss and. And there was his life was kind of in turmoil at that point. And um, then I interviewed him again for broke. And he tells this this heartbreaking story um, in the doc. I don't know that it really is entirely clear or that it resonates as as well as it should. But um, that's kind of my own issue with with my work on that movie. Um, But like Bernie tells a story about how basically when he was leaving the University of Miami and going into um, the draft, his dad basically was like his momager, you know, you know, was like his, his, like his manager. And then he had a sports agent and basically what his dad did, you know, being a, you know, guy who worked in the steel mills in, uh, in Ohio, he basically delivered him um, to the Browns, you know, Um, basically he like, he did the deal, you know, kind of, you know, behind the scenes and was like, you know, I'm going to make my son's going to be the hero of our state, you know, of our town, you know, and, yeah. and, and in Cleveland. And so long story, even longer, what Bernie never knew was that um, at the time, and I don't think he found this out until he was maybe sorting out his finances later, you know, and maybe even through the bankruptcy, looking at some of the paperwork and con- old contracts. And and because, you know, when he was a kid, his dad handled all that, yeah. you know, uh, and Bernie was not as I mean, Bernie was a smart guy. He graduated UM, I think, in like three years and went on to Bernie had a I mean, his, he played almost 11, 12 seasons, yep. mostly as a backup. But the average NFL career is three, three point three years, That's you know, and, and so yep. and so Bernie. Um, played a long time, obviously made some decent money, but was very well known to have made even more money after the game. You know, just he had some good businesses and and was considered a savvy real estate guy and everything. And like everyone else, took a bath in the in the Great Recession if you were over leveraged in in real estate. And so anyway, Bernie discovered that his father had negotiated kind of not really under the table, but certainly behind Bernie's back. He negotiated his own one million dollar contract with the team. Whoa. And, and and that was paid out over some course of Bernie's contract. And Bernie had said, he goes, it's funny, you know, I noticed that for a while there after I signed with Cleveland with the Browns that my dad stopped asking for money. He stopped bitching about, you know, complaining about money. And mm. and he's like, so so he was kind of just secretly happy about that, you know, that like his dad was content and and he was so used to him being you know complaining about money and asking for money and so he was just happy and what he realized that basically i mean let's be real that would have been bernie's money that's you know true what I mean? so like yeah. so on top of whatever commission he gave to his dad on top of whatever money he gave to his dad or whatever he bought his dad took a million dollars essentially i don't know 
what they would have called it. I'm sure the team justified it on the books in mm. some legitimate way. But his dad took a million dollars from the team essentially to deliver him, you know, to, to Cleveland. And, and that just sucks. And there's, wow. there's a lot of stories like that because it's not just like these guys, you know, buying, you know, making it rain at strip clubs. A lot of it has to do with their own generosity, their own naivete. And family and friends taking advantage yep. of their good nature and, and their generosity and, the, and, and maybe, you know, taking advantage of things that they just don't know about their finances. And that's really sticks with me. Like when you see parents targeting, you know, their kids as like a meal ticket, that's fucked up. And, and, that, and, and that really that really upset me for a long time. And, and th- that wasn't the only so that was maybe the, the worst of the stories. But there was I mean, there was a million stories uh, wow. similar to that. Yeah, Trent, Rich, uh, Trent Richardson, who plays for the uh, AAF, just recently did something on ESPN showing that his one of his family members took one point five million dollars away from him when he was sitting out the the year uh, in the NFL. So it, it's it's always the family that's close to you that there, always take. And there's a of common it. there's a common misconception that that athletes are stupid. Athletes are not stupid. Um, they are many of them, are, in fact, are quite quite intelligent. intelligent. In mm-hmm. fact, let me hand you. Uh, uh, not Tenard, but you two guys. <laughs> Let me hand you right. an, an NFL playbook, okay? I want you to go memorize that, all right? And then execute it in three dimensions with 11 guys trying to break your brain, okay, yeah. at the same time. So I'm saying, so what have athletes like, like people in any profession or any people, they prioritize what they want to be smart in. You know what I mean? And That's people true. tell them their whole lives, you're the best at this. Here's this ball. You learn this. And so they go and they do that because that was the priority. The priority wasn't hit the books. The priority was hit the field, hit the court. And so these guys are, are they are some of the smartest people, you know, in football, in basketball, in baseball, in whatever that sport is. So they don't. And, and Americans in general are not that financially literate. You know, any of us who graduate college, like I said, you know, you're young. You don't know what to do with money, how to how to preserve wealth, how to grow it. You know, I mean, nobody really knows how to do that. So you trust the people around you because athletes are the only kind of class of people who potentially can become millionaires overnight at that mm-hmm. age, other than like lotto winners, you know, or, you know, jackpot winners at the at the uh, at the casino, Same you know. And, mm-hmm. and and so like when you have a sudden wealth event, that's what they call it. It's very easy to 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 squander or or lose that money and and athletes. Um, Leon Searcy was a real brilliant guy, um, really interesting guy too. The way he tells the story is so compelling. And I asked him, I said, Leon, how did you change when you got money? And he says, Billy, you know, I don't know, because um, it's tough to to make observations about yourself. You know, can't see the forest for the trees. He goes, you could ask other people about that. Like, how did Leon change when he got money? He's like, I'm sure they'll have some interesting answers. He goes, for me, I was me. I don't really, I don't really know. He goes, but I'll tell you one thing. The people around me sure changed when I got money. Um, you know, the, the way they behave, the way he remembers, he would go um, to Jacksonville, he'd go to the front office, which I think was at the stadium um, to pick up his paycheck. And he would, he said, I wouldn't even remember what day that was on. He goes, but when I tell you I would come out of the office into the parking lot, his family would be standing in the parking lot. Looking They'd for be money. in the park. Man's got a check. It's not like he's got a bag full of cash or yeah. anything. Like yeah. they're standing in the parking lot 
like literally with their hands out. He's like, they knew when I was getting paid. They knew when I would have money and they were there looking for it. I mean, Bernie Kosar remembers paying 20, 30 cell phone bills. He's like, I don't understand. Ridiculous. Yeah. He's like, he goes, I had a cell phone. My wife had a cell phone. He goes, where he goes, it was like, it was just the whole family, like the extended family. He was just, he would just get everybody's, cell phone bill you know and, and that's just, back in the day crazy. when that wasn't very common like in the zach morris big block cell phone <laughs> yeah, bill. Yeah, crazy. yeah that was expensive too yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, but let me, let me ask you this billy so you've done a, do- a lot of documentaries and all your documentaries have been home runs but being a filmmaker has have you always wanted to be a doc you wanted to shoot documentaries have you ever thought about doing horror, sci-fi, drama. Have you ever thought about doing other kind of films besides documentaries? Well, let me tell you this. You know, I, I didn't study documentary or nonfiction filmmaking. I, you know, I studied screenwriting. That was my, that was my triple, my third major at the University of, of Miami was screenwriting. Um, and so, which to me is just storytelling, which, which I will tell you the best editing class I ever took was my screenwriting classes, you know, were my screenwriting classes because it just teaches you about story structure and character development and it teaches you how to craft a story. And so, um, so to answer your question, I guess, no, I didn't always think, think of this. We kind of fell into it when we got access to a really interesting, um, story that became our first documentary and then you become documentary filmmakers. But here's the interesting thing about it. Um, you know, a lot of people, Denard asked the question in a very smart, way but but a lot of people ask me the same question in in a, in a different way like bro like bro bro <laughs> like, like bro for truth bro for serious like do, like do you think like maybe you'll ever make like a real movie bro do you want to make a real movie and i'd be like i'd be like a real movie you mean with made up words yep. and actors actors pretending to be other people on on in places that aren't real and you know in in, in, in scenarios i'm like that's a fake movie. I make real movies. I make documentaries. That's as real as, that's as, real as it gets, yep. you know? And, and so um, I couldn't quite turn that around on Tenard because he was too smart for me. He was too fast <laughs> with, with his wording. But, like, but, the, but the, point, the point is is that the wonderful thing about documentary filmmaking, first of all, since Cocaine Cowboys, I'm not crediting Cocaine Cowboys, but I'm just saying chronologically speaking, since Cocaine Cowboys, there's been – a renaissance, I mean, a golden age of nonfiction filmmaking where we have, you know, whether the reality shows, docu-soaps. That's true. Um, you know, a, a, a true crime miniseries. Uh, I mean, Netflix, you know, Cooking Cowboys was one of the first documentaries ever streaming on Netflix, which really, and Netflix really led the charge in, in documentary, uh, uh, you know, filmmaking and, and this resurgence that it's experienced. But the great thing about documentary filmmaking, I want to say, or documentaries, is that it is not a genre. It is a style of filmmaking, which means that any genre tenor that you just mentioned, you can make a documentary. You can make a sci-fi yeah, that, documentary. I, I, I never thought you of that make, way. You can. Yeah, yeah, you can make a horror documentary. You can make a sports. You you like sports movies? Boom! I'll give you some of the greatest sports movies of all time. Documentaries. You like romances? I'll give you some of the best true love stories ever told as documentaries you like outer space and sci-fi shit i'll give you some of the most spectacular beautiful you know documentaries made about about space exploration etc you like horror movies (laughs) you like horror movies there's a ted bundy 
uh, series on Netflix right now that'll scare the pants off of you. You know, you you will like like you name this. it. You name it. Sports movies. There's a million. I mean, 30, 30 for thirty is now produced. Uh, I think a hundred of them. They're on. They're on episode one hundred of thirty right now. So that's, <laughs> how, that's how successful. That's how successful. That's so. That's the thing. You like. You like. You like musicals. Hell yeah! <laughs> I got music. We got. We got concert docs and music docs for days, yeah. man. So you documentary know, so, trumps everything, basically. That's that's my opinion. You know, yeah. meaning that like, and everybody loves the real shit. And and when you look at some of. I mean, I keep using cooking cowboys as an example because I think use it. You know, it's, a, it's, Pinard, it's awesome. Well, yeah. Pinard, you said you know said it's a hallmark, and and I think it it is in the genre in, in in documentary filmmaking because think of how many scripted or dramatic, not direct adaptations of the documentary per se, but inspired, but influenced, yeah, by the documentary came out after it. A million things. So so documentaries really help in many ways to drive the scripted conversation in TV. And film, meaning people see docs and go, oh, shit, that would make a cool movie or a cool series. And so you get you, know, you get um, really interesting stories that are kind of ripped from the headlines, so to speak, um, dramatized uh, that start off their lives as, as uh, nonfiction films. Hey, well, like, bro, let me ask you, bro. Uh, <laughs> what yes, about I, that I documentary it. of Free Solo? Did you see that, bro? I, I that see, shit was crazy. I, I see that you, you speak fluent West Kendall. <laughs> specifically specifically but actually did you see uh what I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've seen free solo right i haven't seen free solo no? I, oh. you know what it's here here's the deep dark secret about making movies you're so busy making movies you never you get to see, see any them. movies mm -hmm. um and I'll, I'll tell you something uh, uh greenwich uh, entertainment the distributor of that movie uh is distributing our new documentary screwball that opens uh in theaters uh near you on march 29th there we go. That's the other one I was going to ask about. Awesome. Yeah. A little screwball action. Um, so but, ask him about it. Well, I was, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was getting to it, Gus. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, so screwball. That's the whole inside look at the whole biogenesis scandal and everything that's gone around with that, correct? With A-Rod, yes, yes, sir. Oh, man. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. And that one's March 29th? Yeah, so it, it, it's playing at the Miami Film Festival, in fact, right after... Magic City, we've got a um, we got a double header to use the baseball metaphor. Oh, there you go. Nice. Did, you, did you invite A Rod? Uh, he's a, him and J Lo have an open invitation. They're welcome to any, <laughs> to any of the any of the screenings. Really, J Lo uh, for the most. Yeah, you, it, it, she has I mean, to show up. If, yes. If she if she'd like to bring her boyfriend, that's cool too. But 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 she's welcome uh, anytime. And um, uh, so, uh, but then it opens. It opens so. in theaters like. Like regular, regular, like on Friday, March, <laughs> <laughs> appropriately the day after uh, MLB opening day, which is oh, on perfect uh, timing on the 20. Oh, my God. I can't believe I said regular. So Dennis Dalton, a.k.a. El Barba, um, oh. uh, he, 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 he he's hilarious. Like he's driving Uber at the beginning of the movie and he's like talking about how he's like. I don't do no regular Uber. I do luxury. luxury. <laughs> you sound exactly yeah. like him. It's the funniest. It's so funny. And what, what's also funny, too, is that uh, I, I, I always try to get, like, in Screwball, one of the interview subjects talks about how Miami still has a little bit of the craziness from the Cocaine Cowboys era. And so I just think it's funny when someone sort of, like, name drops like a title you know that's like one of our movies so i left that in there and then nate the great says screwball at the beginning why 
because he's selling screwballs in the ice cream truck. Nate is always on point. Nate's like selling this. He like hands this lady like, you know, one of those little like, uh, you know, wooden spoons. And he's like, here, here, this is for the screwball. This is for the screwball. And I'm like, oh, we got to leave that in. He name drops screwball. He name drops screwball. Leave it to Nate. Hey, Nate, he stays on point, man. Yeah. That's the one thing he does, man. Hey, but don't sleep He's on those screwballs, man. Screwballs like top five ice cream truck can't, uh, oh, ice cream truck oh, ice no. cream, man. Top five? Sure. That was, back in the day, that was one of mine. That one was of my, my favorite. favorite. That was like, yeah. Chocolate Eclair, Screwball, top two yeah. right top there. Two. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, I think, so they got screwballs now that have two gumballs in it. I'm like, wow. Oh, game changer. Oh, they up, they <laughs> up the Andy, huh? Yeah, they couldn't game do it for us back in the day. Damn. Yeah, that's. That's what. That's one more ball than Lance Armstrong. Has. <laughs> <laughs> Live stronger. <laughs> but they still got the little wooden spoon, right? They got a. That's oh hell yeah! Oh, oh hell, Nate, Nate the great. Nate the great's got you. You need a wooden spoon. Nate the great's got you. He got you. <laughs> oh man, now uh, Billy, let me ask you. So you're like Mr. Miami. You you know everything about Miami. You like Tenard said. You really know your history of everything. How do you? What's I'm your? Mr. Nick, Nick, Nick. They call me Mr. Seven Eight Six. Mr. Seven Eight Six. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Seven Eight Six. What uh, as being Mr. Like I said, Mr. Seven Eight Six. What's a low key <laughs> guilty pleasure that you like to indulge in in Miami that might surprise people? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know many. It's KOD. Hey, yeah. that laugh. That laugh was so like. Let me let me think about yeah. this before I say this. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it's like over at KOD. That's probably like King of Asbestos over there now. I don't know what it's like <laughs> in there, but like um. You know, I, I'm a big dive bar guy. Like, I don't like the, I don't like seeing shit. That's why I used to hang out at like Highlight, and 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 like I find Magic City Casino so charming because like the people are fun. You know what I mean? Like the, the in, in any anywhere you go, the people make the place, and that's yeah. why I always yeah. joke in Miami. If you want to ruin any place, just add people. Uh, you know, <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, because like we have a lot of shitty people in Miami. Let's be real about yeah, it. You know, man. so but like Magic City Casino. It's like funny. It's comfortable. Like the people are nice and like chill. It's a bunch of abuelos y abuelitas, you know. Like everybody. Yeah, they're all just... dancing over there in front of the bar. They do yeah, like their shake, old choreographed yeah. dance. Like, it's awesome, their man. Booties, <laughs> the salsa dance. Yeah, like so. Like, and we we spend a little bit of time with them, not like getting to know them in the dock, but like just like kind of portraits of them, and like you just hear them like heckling the players, and they're just it's funny, you know. Like the whole thing, <laughs> it's just a funny scene, you know. And like I like it. And they got the ice cream shop, and so I like dive bars, and I like Seven Seas. You know, in in um, you know, on Red Road, yeah. I like you know, and, and and of course on the beach, I like on the rocks and Happy Stork and the Deuce and like right. I just oh, like the Deuce is cool, yeah, and like Shuckers. But back back in the day when Shuckers had the dangerous dock, you know, when it, you know, <laughs> when it was like the wood, like the like Shuckers 1.0, the wooden yep. roller coaster dock, you know, like you know the, the the new the new fake dock in Shuckers is not as not as cool, but it's still it's still all right. But yeah. um, but 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 old school Shuckers 1.0, um, you know, termite dock was was a little more was a little more exciting. But like um, you know, that's the thing. I'm a, I'm a dive bar guy. So wherever there's there's a dive bar, like that's my that's my scene. I don't like I don't like scenes. You know, I don't like South Beach clubs. And no offense to anybody. I mean, like I, on the beach, like I'm at the I like the Abbey. You know, yeah, um, on, oh on yeah, South the Abbey's Beach. cool. Well, I yeah, think you. Know, I feel you because I, I live off of uh, Biscayne and right across the street from Blue Collar, which I know you has the Corbin and the Corbin oh, Cito. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sandwich, they're delicious, delicious, by the way. Dang. But <laughs> I, 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 I hardly ever venture to the other side of the water to Miami Beach. I kind of just stay on this side of town. Same thing. Yeah, it's like the crowds yeah. and the people. Eh. Hey. But that's the biggest, the biggest bummer is, I mean, like, like there's not a 
ton of great dive bars because they can't they can't afford to be like up. And I'm a Northeast guy too. You know, there's not a like you got Billy's Pub, you know, um, in North Miami. Um, you got Flanagan's, of course. Um, but like, there's not a lot of places. Uh, to go like I'm not big on the Anderson I don't like that scene you know too hipster for me yeah. um, and like so there's not a lot of cool like that's the thing I like to go you know like our documentaries like I like to go to a dive bar find like the crustiest dude you know like a barnacle <laughs> you know like growing <laughs> growing on the bar you know like oh, I like boy. to pull up pull up a stool next to that guy strike up a conversation and sure as shit he, this guy just got out of federal prison, you know, or he's like a deposed third world dictator. Or like, <laughs> Move to Miami. You know what I mean? Like, there's just Miami's like, so you just, that's where the interesting people are at. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so uh, I just, that, that's, that's more of my, my scene. I'm not really the, mm, the, mm, the, mm, the, mm, the guy, you know, like, yeah. you know, like we're, we're right by books and books, right? Uh, on Lincoln road. That's where our office is. And so that's our commissary. And like, it just, it just, it's got new ownership now. So, but like they're trying to make it a bit more of a of a Lincoln Road scene, you know what I mean? So like they like in the age where they opened up a big a big huge bar full liquor now, you know they have beer and wine bar, and now like every weekend, like th every Thursday, there's a DJ out there, like and we're like, oh no, it's like it's turned into South Beach. I said the new name of the place is Books and Books and Books and Books, <laughs> books and Books and Books and Books, you know, like so that's not my. I it's like I up. like it when it's chill during the day, you know, and you know, I like. I'm just yeah, or late at night. Like I used to do the, I used to call it the um. This is our, in in our neighborhood, like the 71st, 79th Street corridor uh, bar, uh, dive bar crawl. You know, because mm. like right there, there's like a like just along that road, you could just it's miles long, but you could go to all these, and some of them are gone now. Um, a couple of them are gone now, but like. Um, still a sandbar is and sandbar doesn't have the sand anymore. This is not the Grove sandbar. This is the North Beach, North Beach. Uh, sandbar. Yeah. Uh, used to literally be covered in dunes of sand. I don't know how the health department department looked at, but it was so cool. Um, and so divey and so locals and, and hey, I like local shit. I don't like that hang out with a bunch of touristas, you know. Hey, let me ask you, when you did the the Parts Unknown show with uh, Anthony Bourdain, what restaurant were you guys at? Yeah, that was that. Um, rest in peace, uh, Tony. Yeah. Um, that was that. Um, uh, Captain Jim's on West Dixie in North Miami. Um, it's still there. Um, it was closed for a minute, um, and then uh, then reopened. Uh, you know, the guys from Garcia's that family took it over, and I haven't I haven't been back since they they reopened. I think last year. Uh, but I hear it's outstanding, and you know, and and I, I look forward to uh, to going back. It makes me a little sad, uh, you know. Um, Going back, um, you know, we, we I got to tell you, I don't I don't drink beer or wine. I drink uh, whiskey or gin, depending on my mood. Mm. Um, never at the same time, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, Can't mix it. That's now. like some that's like some New Orleans grenade shit right there. Yeah. You know, oh, what's in it? Everything's in it. What? Why? That's no good. Um, yeah, it's like being back in Kenny Kelly's apartment on campus. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kenny, Kenny, what you put in this thing? It's like it would be easier for me to tell you what I did. Didn't put in there. <laughs> Sounds like Kenny. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I, 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 you know, like we, I don't drink beer, and I drank a beer once. Because when Anthony <laughs> Bourdain, when Anthony Bourdain invites you to have a beer or asks you if you want to have a beer, oh, you have yeah. a fucking beer, yeah, dude. All sure. right. So, 
you know, they didn't have liquor there. So it's like, let's have beer and stone crab. Like when you get the call, Anthony Bourdain wants to have beer and stone crabs with you. I don't care if you're kosher, you're eating those fucking, <laughs> you're, doing you're eating it, that fucking shellfish. And I don't care if you're a, you know, you're a, you're a snobby drinker like I am. You're drinking that fucking beer with Anthony Bourdain. You I better. do not. I, I have no regrets. I can assure you of that. That's dope. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Now, uh, to close it off, I'm sure you heard about the boss-ass move that, man, that Coach Manny Diaz just pulled in Orlando on FSU. And <laughs> yeah. are you dusting off your The You Part 3 tapes because of that? Yeah, so, so it's funny. Like, I, I, heard, I heard all that shit, you know, secondhand, and then I went right to the source. I, went, I called my favorite uncle, Uncle Luke. And, yep. <laughs> and I said, Luke, you were there, you know, you know, Edison works at Miami, coaches at Miami Edison. And Luke's like, yeah, I was there. I was like, what happened? He's like, just the way you heard it. I mean, he's like, he's like, they had this, you know, this Nike, uh, Nike event, all Nike coaches, obviously no Adidas schools allowed like the U. Um, he's like, and, and he goes and, and they marched right up on in there and all the coaches, there and we're like, you know, these coaches, you know, they don't, they get, I mean, what do they have? Like an $800 stipend. They're yeah. all up there on their own dime in Orlando. You know what I mean? Like they're some of the lowest paid coaches, I think, like in the country. And these guys, as you know, are, are, are training some of the, the greatest talent uh, yeah. in the country. And so <laughs> they're like free booze, free food, all you can eat, all you can drink seven, you know, room 703, whatever. So <laughs> so apparently, I think it was one of these hotels with like, you know, the exterior corridors, you know what I mean? Like the hallways are kind of outside with yeah. the railings, you mm -hmm. know, and everything. So Luke finally goes up there. He said it looked like Liberty City on a Saturday night. That's he what's said, up. He said these guys were uh, they were hanging out and, you know, screaming and smoking and yelling in the hallways on the balconies, hanging off in the parking lot and he goes on the balconies and it was the whole thing was hilarious it was such a scene um and it was exactly the way they said it he said it went it went down um and i i thought that was pretty funny and um Gotta love and manny. i listen i i see that manny has the potential to be the cuban jimmy johnson you know and um when it and, cures and, everything and, and listen <laughs> that's the thing he talks the talk he walks the walk, but none of that matters. It's just W's. It's just what happens on the field. Yep. That's all, and and those W's. That's all that matters. So I like his attitude. I like his spirit. Um, you know, obviously he he's sort of a an internal hire. You know, internal you know uh, promotion, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. Um, you know, but but then and then as I always say, um, you know, hey. <laughs> Promoting a, a, a superstar DC to head coach of the Hurricanes. What could possibly go wrong, right? Nothing. <laughs> it, it, we're at the bottom, so you, you we, we only can did, go up. You see what I did there, Tanara? Yeah, I see what you did. I saw what you did. You see what I did there? Randy Shannon, uh -huh. yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so again, like, listen, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for him. I'm really happy he, he got the job. It was kind of like, you know, I was a butch guy, you know, back when, before Rick got hired. And then when Rick became available on the market, it became quite obvious that he was the man for the job. He was job the best job, for the best person for the job. Yeah, yeah I agree. At, at the mm -hmm. time, at the time, sure. So, you know, um, and then same thing here. It's like, I'm like, they blew it with Manny, you know? <laughs> Manny left. I mean, we knew this was going to go the way of Al Golden this season, I think. Yeah. Um, anybody who was paying attention, I think, 
especially with what was happening with quarterback. I think it was like, it was a mess, man. So yeah. like, and you knew Rich had no idea what it, to do about it. You know, the man had no plan. And so he just kind of like, you know, I believe he just, Rick underestimated great. it. He underestimated how hard it was uh, to change over the program with his style. And I think he did a great job coming in, getting the kids to buy in, but it, it didn't translate to W's. And the one thing I noticed when I'm out there uh, watching the kids, because right now they're doing mat drills and they are buying into Manny Diaz. Like he, they are looking him in the face. They are quiet. You can hear a pin drop. And wow. all the kids are buying in into the system. And I asked my cousin, Gilbert Fireson, uh, how does he feel about Manny being the head coach? His answer is, I love it. So it's, we can see if it translates yeah. to W's, and we'll go from there. I hope, I hope he is the Cuban uh, Jimmy Johnson. Cuban Jim, I like that. Cuban I Jimmy love Johnson. Now. What do we call him? Like Jimmy Copacabana in, <laughs> in Miami Little Havana? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Billy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for all of you out there, make sure to follow Jimmy Corbin at Jimmy Corbin, C-O-R-B-E-N. There you go. It's simple. It's, he got Jimmy on his mind. Yeah. But, I'll but I'll tell you, I got to tell you, part, you know, parting shot. Did I say uh, Jimmy? To, 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 to what Tenard said. <laughs> to Tenard's point, um, there is no – part three until they win something again. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line, you know, and, and, and it, it, it all seems very cinematic and, and very fun and it's all pretty good television and good social media right now. But the, but you know, <laughs> filmmaking is a bottom line thing, you know, and, and just like football, it's like bottom line is you got to have an ending, you know? And, and yep. I think, and, and with these U movies, there's, you know, there's, there's only one, one reason to make them. And that's because the team keeps winning. That's what makes. That's Dubs. what a dynasty makes. I mean, that's that's Alabama right now. You know, that's, that's the story that's over there. That's yep. Clemson, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, th those stories are happening. The U stories are happening elsewhere right now. So, so they got to bring it home. Um, you know, yeah. Just, you know, you got turnover chains, and you got a lot of swag at the uh, Nike, you know, high school coaching event, and you know, you got a lot of fun shit on on the on the Twitter machine and everything. But like. It's just, you know, bottom line, I think it's, I think, I think that this season's going to be rough this upcoming uh, season, but I got to tell you, it's the difference between selling tickets to the Gators game and not selling tickets mm -hmm. to the Gators yeah. game was this coaching hire. I still think they're going to get spanked, but I'm going, <laughs> and I, 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 I was not planning on going to watch a, a Mark Rick hurricanes team get getting spanked, but that's only because that's the only way we get to vote. Meaning, like, I get it, like, oh, you still got to support the kids. You got to support the support. The get it. But the only way we get to vote as fans is with our wallets. We don't get we don't get a, a seat at the table of the board of trustees. Nope. You know, we don't get we don't get to hide, make make coaching uh, decisions. decisions. The nope. only way the only way we can vote is by not showing up. That's the only way you can send a message, unfortunately, to the school. And, man, did they get that message because I'm guessing they took one look at season ticket renewals for next year and were like, we got to do, do something about yep. this. And and to Blake Blake's credit, he did it. He did what had to be done. And somehow, man, I don't know how, he got Manny back. And that's pretty – I mean, that's what a good – that's what a good AD does. You know, a good AD makes those – 
they fix decisions it. They fix and, it. And, and, yeah. and finds a way to make the impossible happen. And more importantly, lets a casino have access to his mailing list so they can blast <laughs> out they can blast out emails that they're hiring high live players. To Baby, that is some yeah. that is some only in Miami shit right there. That they is email only, every that is some because Miami shit right there. Athlete that played at the University of Miami. Every single athlete. But well, Billy it, it was awesome to have you on our show today, man. Thank you for showing up and, and giving us this insight to Saturday's uh, documentary and film fest. And everyone, if you want to get a chance to actually look at Billy and, and look at his profile, his social media feed is at Billy Corbin, B-I-L-L-Y-C-O-R-B-E-N. That's his Twitter and that's his Instagram. So, Billy, thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you on Saturday, brother. It was it was great to be here on the West Kendall Live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Billy. Really, really appreciate it. And you're welcome back Good anytime night, you want to come thank over you. here. Thanks for having me. Good night. Good night. Good night. Once again, a big thank you to Billy Corbin for joining us today, man. How cool was that, Gus? Not Jimmy Corbin. Not Jimmy Corbin. No, I, don't know, I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah. Not the yeah. wrestler, not the band, the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins, but <laughs> I think Yo, I think uh, he was just like got lost in translation because we talk about Jimmy Johnson. We literally were just talking about Jimmy Johnson, Johnson and yeah. I was trying to say Billy Corbin. Jimmy, Billy, it kind of sounds alike, right? Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> but Billy, Billy played along with it. He was a good sport about it, man. Right, it was he did, yo, sport, shout, man. Out, shout out to Billy Corbin for talking a little bit more after that to give us a, a second chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a nice cleanup job there. but That's right. But yeah, but thank, thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you guys. Again, remind you, LemonCityLive.com is where you can check it out. We just covered our first uh, Marlins game this weekend. It was awesome. It was awesome. I met Michael Jordan. You met Michael fucking Jordan. You right. Ah, I'll tell you more about it next week. And uh, <laughs> we did our first Marlins game. Tomorrow is Canes FIU baseball. We uh, Canes came off their uh, weekend series against the Gators, taking only one out of three. But, you know, they'll bounce back. Let's see what happens tomorrow night at FIU. But check us out at LemonCityLive.com. Read up everything we have. Uh, check out our other shows, too. We Ain't Found Sith coming out soon, right? That's right, yeah. Another episode of that. We'll Tomorrow. Be getting, yeah, man. Oh, if you're uh, into the We Ain't Found Sith, make sure that they mention the uh, Facebook group. Get some more members on that. Yes, yeah. That's always a good time. A, that shit's lit right now. Yeah, bro. bro. That Facebook fun. group, a notification just went off. <laughs> but yeah, um, but other than that, man, thanks again to everybody who listens, man. We really appreciate every single like, share, and subscription that we get for the podcast. Tell us in the comments. Hit us up. Let us know what you like. Tell us what you like best about this Billy Corbin interview. Leave it in the comments below. Like if you're looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> but leave us some comments. Let us know uh, what was your favorite part. And uh, hopefully we'll have Billy on again soon. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm right? sure he will. Yeah. Sound like he had a good time with us. Yeah. But anyway, uh, from myself, I am the one and only that Fresh, the great potential. Oh, we didn't do that at the beginning. That's what we forgot. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it at the end then. Yeah. There you go. And, uh, Gus, another another uh, notch on your belt there, 147. Well, we got to count how many episodes TD's got now. I probably got like 9 or 10. No. Nonsense. He's got, he's up there, man. I think he's up to third all time behind you and me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Up there? Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Fight for third. But yeah, but, uh, but anyway, TD, you want to tell anybody any last words there? Where to find us? Or where's the Where's the the premiere going to be at on on Saturday? It's going to be at the Miami Film Fest, I believe. Okay, I'm not sure exactly what the location. I don't have the paper in front of me, but mm-hmm. I'm sure if you guys Google it and put Miami Film Fest, what's going on Saturday, you'll be able to see uh, what events that we got going on. 
And also, you could check out Billy Corbin's uh, social media feed. He, I'm sure he's promoting it as well. All right. I'm, I want to say. Yeah, it's at the Miami Film Festival on March uh-huh. 2nd. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's going to be. But, like, where is that being held? Um, that's a good question, Gus. Jack- me, uh, Jackie Gleason is what I'm guessing. You're guessing that? My money's um, on Jackie Gleason. I'm guessing it doesn't what other What other places can that place possibly be? I don't know. It ain't going to be at the AMC theaters. It ain't going to be at the AMC theaters. Sunset Place, AMC no. Theaters. <laughs> it's going to be at Mall of Americas. Uh, go check that out. <laughs> right next to Funorama. But Either anyway. way, it's sold out, so it's not like you can go. Yeah, yeah so. that's true. Yeah. Unless you buy some scalps and tickets. Yeah. That's right. Stay tuned. Maybe hopefully they'll, it'll get you know picked up. And like Billy said, you know maybe they get it out to the right people. And it's going to get picked up. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, dude. So check I it just out. Want, I wanted to say, if, if you can't go see that movie on Saturday... I'm going to DJ Bar Louie in Town & Country, Kendall, <laughs> this Saturday. Oh, snap. Come and check it out, bro. Yeah, go with your boy go, Fungus. Go meet producer Fungus at Bar yeah. Louie this Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. Shameless plug there. But, uh, and yeah, and once again, Billy, if you're still listening, please um, please leave Gus and I in the video, in the movie. <laughs> You know, we were there right, opening right. day. You were there closing. See if you can. If I mean, I did. I did pose with TD when he I got his Gus, check. So I, I think Gus made the cut. Yeah, I'm, I don't yeah, think I'm yeah. making the cut. Well, you, damn, I was you, bad luck. I couldn't get a win. Yeah. I was there plenty though, man. I'm good luck, Chuck. Good luck, Chuck. <laughs> good luck, gut. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned. We'll see you next week. Gus, hit the horns. Send the horns. I wrote a song about it. Like the kid, kid go. Live every Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Records played on Wednesday. <laughs> Lemon City. La, 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 la.